Before we get into today's game scoop, let's take a moment for a shout out to our sponsor, Squarespace. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create an awesome website, connect with your audience, and sell anything all in one place, all on your terms. With Squarespace, you can easily sell custom merch and create a passive income stream. You design your products, and production, inventory, and shipping are all handled for you, saving you time and money. You can sell your products in an online store. Whether you sell physical, digital, or service products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. Use insights to grow your business, learn where your site visits and sales are coming from, and analyze which channels are most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on top keywords or most popular products. Ready to get started? Head over to squarespace.com gamescoop for a free trial. And when it's showtime, use our special promo code gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. Joining me this week, Justin Davis, Brandon Tyrell, Howdy. Jared Petty. Star Wars trading cards. We've got, we were just talking about that. This one, addicted. <laughs> Crazy into the Justin, Star Wars super addicted. Just the best. Uh, great show for you this week. We're going to talk about Hitman. We're going to talk about Project Spark, if you guys remember that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, Ooh. we begin with Call of Duty Black Ops 3. I can't wait to play that campaign on my PS3 and or Xbox 360. <laughs> well, Justin, I have some sad news for you. Oh my goodness gracious. (laughs) The last gen version will not include the campaign. It will Mm -hmm. just be a multiplayer experience. Can't even. And they are cutting out, cutting $10 off the price. So it'll be a $50 game. Mm. My favorite comment on IGN was that an observation that so a Call of Duty campaign costs ten dollars. <laughs> that's so actually the, the price. The fifty dollars thing is the detail about this yeah. I hadn't heard. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah I, think I mean the whole thing's interesting. Is, this is the year to buy a new console. You, you've got you've got games out now that justify the purchase. You know you can run out and grab wonderful things like the superior version of Metal Gear Five or Bloodborne or mm-hmm. you know a, a hundred other wonderful things that are rolling out this Christmas. Halo Five's coming, etc. So I, I'm okay with this, actually. I mean, I, I don't feel like it's too crappy a thing to do. It, it's time to leave old technology behind, and the new consoles are exponentially more powerful yeah. than the old ones. Uh, I think that we've reached that sweet spot, finally, where we're just going to have to let the past die and move on to the next. Yeah. What about that price, though? The, yeah, it's yeah. interesting. I mean, that's kind of cool. 
You think it's cool. You don't. I, th- I think it seems too much. Yeah. I think forty would yeah. be would be better received. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, less is well, always sure. better received. Uh, yeah, but the, uh, in terms of hours spent, mm. you know, people are going to spend six hours in the single player and six hundred hours in the multiplayer. That's true. And it's like, well, yeah. So you know, we, we know that in time spent, probably one percent of all the time spent in Call of Duty is in the campaign. Ninety nine percent in multiplayer. What I wonder is, do you think this is Activision testing the waters? For a multiplayer-only yes. Call of Duty. So That's that was, what I was going to say. That was my first thought as well. Like, this is the smallest install base that you can really reach with a Call of Duty game, right? Like, last-gen consoles. So it really makes well, sense. Well, there's more be, of them, should but, be a huge but, not, but not as well, many people buying the game. As far as people buying the yeah. game for that version, right? There yeah, will be more I don't people. Know. I wonder when that inflection point was or if this year would have been that year anyway. Like, I'm, I actually don't know. I'd be curious to see stats on this at all. Like, yeah. How did the Xbox One and PS4 versions sell in 2014 compared to uh, the last-gen versions? Yeah, because this is what, now the second Call of Duty? No one knows. What do you mean? No, it was the third, because there was Ghosts. Ghosts. Advanced Warfare. And now Black Ops Black Ops 3, so this is the third. So I I absolutely think, I don't know that this is why they're doing it. Like, there's some boardroom back-dealing where they're like, yes, let's test a campaign-free version on the last-gen consoles. I think it just all dovetailed nicely. They said, look, we're making this ambitious campaign. Yeah. It's going to be a huge pain in the butt for us to like get mm-hmm. this to retroactively fit on the last-gen consoles. We don't want to do it. It's going to be hard for us. It's going to limit our vision. And then someone said, well, okay, like if we didn't do it, then that also lets us test, mm-hmm. does this affect sales? Do the PS3 and 360 players really care? Yeah, does yeah. it make them it, really mad? So it's sort of like that's... I suspect that that's why um, you know this decision was able to be pushed through because it mm-hmm. lets them sort of test the waters, and then make the campaign that they want to make? Yeah, that, that, that was my feeling as well. Like, I think that the hardcore COD demographic, the people that buy it every year, year mm-hmm. over year, they're going to buy new consoles, right? They probably already have them now two years removed. So I, I agree with you. I don't think it was like a, a, a decision you know, last year to, to make last-gen versions. I think it probably all just came together really nicely, and now this is a good point for them to realize, I mean, do we do two versions? Do we do a version without a campaign? I think about all the way to the mid to late 90s when Quake 3 uh, Arena decided to effectively drop the classic uh, single-player campaign component. And it turned out to be a really good thing for that particular game because it could just laser focus (coughs) on the multiplayer and create something really special there. It makes sense for this series. I'm honestly surprised it hasn't happened already. Well, I mean, games like Titanfall and Evolve have tried that and have failed. Well, failed. Well, uh, yeah, but sort of. They yeah. didn't. I mean, uh, sure, air quotes failed. But I yeah. mean, they didn't do. They didn't live up to expectations. But they were new thing. franchises too. Whereupon this has a pretty well established yeah. idea that you're going to yeah. spend most of your time in the multiplayer. But I want to say you are right that we keep seeing more and more multiplayer only releases. Yep. Even Rainbow Six yep. uh, this year is a multiplayer only. Mm-hmm. And we talked on a game scoop several scoops ago, um, several scoops back, <laughs> many scoops ago. Four scoops. Yeah, you got it. Four. Yeah, exactly. Um, just about that topic. About it seems to be something that really works in the PC realm. That I don't know that yeah. there are very many <laughs> examples at all in the console space of a multiplayer only or multi- multiplayer focused oh, game. We also forgot about uh, Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah, oh, truly, yeah. truly taking off. Maybe um, Battlefront will be the one. Yeah, I kind of think it has the best shot, in my opinion. I'm really trying to think of like a multiplayer only shooter. I want them to bring back the Shadowrun shooter. Oh yeah, that was great. I don't think that was was it great? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I That's, think at the time I don't think that was. No, it was great. It was maligned because at the time it had that the Shadowrun was, name on it. Yeah. yeah, and it was uh, really wasn't that much content uh, at the time. Uh, yeah, I, but I, I mean, look at Gotham City Imposters, or look yeah. at uh, you know like these 
dumb like calling all cars. Yeah, one of my favorite things is like booting up these tiny little budget games that are multiplayer only and just wrecking for a week. Like getting really good at the game and like having a good time and then just setting it down and never coming back. You know? Yeah, like coming from the PC world, it's kind of like yeah, what's the big deal? Uh, multiplayer only yeah. games are kind of a dozen. Yeah, they're, they're, they're something mm-hmm. that have been around for so long. And yeah. Again, I'm, I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened sooner in consoles. All right, moving on. Last week we talked about Hitman being delayed from this December to March of next year. Now we have the release date and we have uh, details on the, the rollout plan for content. Because we know that you're buying this game and then you're going to be getting more and more of it over time. You don't get it all at once. Okay. Yeah. So, Justin, you're mm-hmm. saying you hadn't read about this. You're going you're to learn this. <laughs> Learning this in real time. Watch my face. <laughs> it's going to look so. kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's out March 11th. At launch, mm-hmm. there will be six campaign missions. That's a small, small number. Across three locations. Oh, Paris, okay. Spienza, and Marrakesh. What's Spienza? I am guessing Italy, but I'm a dumb American. So. That sounds, I'm good with Italy. Let's go with Italy. You get a contracts mode. With around 800 targets. Oh, that's cool. And then live content will begin rolling out with time-limited targets, weekly contracts, and promoted created content. I don't know. If, I guess created content is you know, there's going to be some sort of like scenario designer. Yeah, yeah and then they'll curate that and get the low. best of the best and, yeah. and have those bubble up to the top. And that's what you get mm-hmm. at launch. After March, one new sandbox location will be released a month. Oh, wow. That's actually a lot and kind of so fast. First, you get Thailand. I bet you I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna. I'll bet a pizza dinner right now that they immediately fall behind that schedule. Okay, <laughs> and don't keep to that pace because the sandbox pizza is, dinner. Well, so I was gonna say steak dinner, and then I was gonna say pizza, and then it came out as pizza dinner. <laughs> I could, pizza dinner sounds pizza lovely. Yeah. Is that knife lunch. and fork pizza? If yeah. it's pizza dinner. Yeah. Oh, that's fancy. Yeah, uh, that sounds very ambitious. Those new sandbox locations will be Thailand, United States, and Japan. Now, get this, Justin. All of that costs you $60, the, the regular price for a video game. Okay. But you pay your $60 and then you right. keep getting this stuff after the time. Or for $35, you get just the release content. Oh. And then you buy Do you have the option? And then, yeah, you yeah, could uh, buy the other stuff to, too yeah. if you wanted to. Well, so, but I wonder if that other stuff will cost more. Like if that other <laughs> stuff costs. I think it works out, it ends up costing you more, more than $60. Because uh, otherwise, there would be literally no reason for anyone to ever buy the $60 mm-hmm. now. You could yeah. just spend 35 and 25 So yeah, it probably costs more. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, um, the, as I say on GameScoop all the time, the devil's in the details. So we'll see. Like we'll see whether people blow through that content in one evening mm-hmm. or how long it lasts or whether that contracts mode feels cool or feels crappy. Um, but tentatively, I'm going to say I'm okay with this. Yeah. If it's six hours I'm okay long, with it. Yeah, it, it depends on what's in, I, I'm with Justin, the devil's in the details. If it's, you know, Portal was, what, five, six hours? If it's that good, sure, I'll be thrilled. I, I, five of the six best hours of my life I've ever spent playing a game. So but it's if really, this is amazing, yeah. yeah, I'm great with it. But if it's if it's just another kind of video game yeah. and it's short, yeah, I'm going to be kind very of, disappointed. It's so kind of a video game. Here's the thing. A real smart guy that I know named Justin Davis says that uh-huh. the devils are in the details. Uh-huh. Um, just the one devil. Just, just the the, no, the just devil is no the no Azazel, no no the Azrael. Oh, the devils oh, are in the details. Apostrophe yes, devils that's in the, the details. Key. No yeah. pseudepigraphic devil, devils or demons or anything like that. All right, all right, words. college boy. Right. <laughs> we get it. You went to college. Why does um, that keep happening? Because right. <laughs> uh, you just quoted T. S. Eliot like ten minutes ago. Oh, okay. Um, I agree. I think that the devil is in the details mm-hmm. as far as uh, Portal was a great game. It's short. It's fine. Short games can be fine. Um, I don't know if this was designed to be 
what it is now. It feels like this is something that was in production and, um, you know, maybe not 100% finished, so they're, they're it is, testing a... It is an odd choice. Now. Like we, we talked about last week, the developers haven't communicated why this yeah. model is good for us. That's really the point of, like, whether this is cool or not cool yeah. or works or doesn't work. You brought that question up the last time of, like, they haven't answered why. Yeah. Like, it could totally be cool and work, but that still doesn't necessarily mean that there was a great reason Why is to it better it. than just paying yeah. for a game and getting yeah. all of it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, why do this versus the traditional sense that people are used to? And, yeah. I mean, Hitman is a name. People yeah. want that name. I so do think, I mean... Part of, me, part of me thinks that, you know, they got a release, right? Like, this doesn't feel like a planned... Uh, do you re- I mean... Is, is the entire Hitman story of what they're, they're working on right now going to be contained within those six? Like, is that going to be a good point to ship it at? Or do you think, you know, these are just what was done by the time we're ready to ship? And I, let's say, it, just hypothetically, if uh, Metal Gear Solid V released with, you know, 25 side ops instead of, is there 200 and something? Yeah. There's, there's over 150. Uh, like, what if, what if, and like, those are, that's actually a fairly reasonable comparison because it's an that's, open sandbox. I was going to bring yeah. this up, actually. That, uh, that uh, you know, they just sort of plop you into and you revisit the same locations mm-hmm. repeatedly, but things are just kind of remixed in minor ways. Mm-hmm. Um, if that launched with 25 and they added, you know, um, 20 per week for, you know, however many more weeks that would be to get up to the total they have now, like, I don't think that would affect my enjoyment of the game one yeah. iota. I think it'd be just as fun, just as cool. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up, too. So I, so I like Hitman. I like, I like Hitman's gameplay loop. Yeah. Right? You sure. have an objective, you're dropped into an area, just complete your objective however you can. Mm-hmm. I like doing that, I could do that over and over again. So the idea of a persistent cert- Hitman service, I like. Mm-hmm. But like you say, Metal Gear is like already doing that. It's like yeah. that exact same thing and it's all on the discs. But it's, yeah, exa- exactly. It's not doing that though because they did just give it all to I'm you. Saying, it has that gameplay yeah, that it's I like. Yeah, it's it's the one thing, I'll just do that forever. But that's why the reason why I think I'm on board with Hitman is I don't think I would care if that stuff was dripped out for Metal Gear over time. Uh, like, I don't it, think it would bother me personally. I think it depends on what the reduction of scope ends up being. I mean, even Metal Gear, we are pretty sure now that there were parts cut from that game yeah. that we may never see. No, but parts uh, are cut from every game. Exactly. The, the difference is Konami actually you know, let us see some of that, uh, sure. inadvertently or otherwise. We have a better idea about that than we usually do. Mm. Uh, and that makes you go, oh, man, what was the perceived scale? And that's what, like you said earlier, what's the reason for this? What's the value proposition? Eh, I feel suspicious about it. It, it, it. I love that they're including a content creator and apparently yeah. what looks that's like right. it's going to be a, uh, maybe a proctored system of having the good stuff rise up. That's always a good idea to have in those. That's really cool, but <clears throat> I don't see how this helps me. And it yeah. seems <clears throat> a little thin, but if it's I mean, great, I'll probably think, grab it anyway. I really believe that this is going to hinge on how that contracts system feels. Mm. You know, if 800 contracts at launch sounds like you'll probably be able to assassinate every single person in this sandbox or <laughs> almost every person. And then yeah. it's like, you know, your contract is on this person, figure it out. And like, some of those are probably going to be really interesting, right? Like, they'll be in interesting places or have an interesting loop that that mm-hmm. AI follows. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you can go to, and the sandboxes are supposedly very, very large. So it's like, go to one end and pick up one item that, you know, lets you do interesting things and some other building in the other end of the sandbox. Like, that could be cool. Like, just slowly working your way through those contracts and then yeah. a new sandbox comes out. Um, if it, I don't know. I think it's cool. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm tentatively on board. If a Hitman mission required you to assassinate a dog, could you do it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Really? In, I don't think I could. I, in a video game? Yeah, I don't yeah, have any problem killing people in video games, but dogs, I don't know if I can do. No, video game dogs are the worst. They're like a dime a dozen. On, what about Rush? Except for, what about Fable? Rush is a robot. He's Except a dog. He's a robot dog. He's a robot. What about D-Dog? Mm, D-Dog? Yeah. Killing D-Dog. Metal Gear. Oh, yeah, for yeah, Metal Gear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Killing D-Dog would be wrong. 
He's, he's got an eye patch. All right, well, Hitman's launch plan is definitely unique. I think it's one of those things we're just gonna have to wait and, like, until we can like look uh, at, at it with hindsight. So. Don't envy don't whoever ends out. up reviewing that. Yeah, really hard yeah, to Yeah, I was thinking, like, how, how is that gonna work? I don't know, probably not very well. No. <laughs> Uh, moving on, were you guys surprised to hear that after a month, uh, or I'm sorry, a year after launch, Microsoft is basically giving up on Project Spark, handing the keys over to the community, and being like, you, this is your guys' thing now, you guys do it, you guys take care of it. No. Yeah, I'm not surprised either. I, my awareness of Project Spark, and I, I like game design mm -hmm. tools, mm -hmm. but my awareness of this, I, I think the messaging was was pretty terrible. Yeah. Uh, it was vague. It was it was kind of swept under the rug a lot of the time. They never really seemed to let us know why this particular tool set was something people should run out and buy. I, I, I or not buy, but utilize, and then and also the microtransaction model. Frankly, just it left a bad taste. In, yeah. So uh, in it was. In case anyone wasn't following. This was a free-to-play game yeah. that launched last October, and uh, there was all, but there was like premium content that you could buy, and then there was also a retail disc version that included a lot of that premium content. A lot of it, like yeah. yeah. And then there were uh, a premium like, games made with Project Spark, like Conquer's Big Reunion, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, bringing Conquer back, and that was supposed to be the first episode in an episodic series. But none of the other episodes came out, <laughs> and now Microsoft says they're not making any more premium content. If you and now they're just giving everything away. Now everything's just unlocked. Which is, and suddenly I'm excited. Yeah, I, so they're not like yeah. shutting it down, but they're being like, we're not making. They're any not more. trying to monetize. And they're going to hope the community yeah. makes more stuff, and, yeah. and they probably will. Communities, you know, the, the people that rise to the top in communities like this are the ones who tend to be best with it anyway. They'll probably make amazing tools, and I'm much more likely to go to the, give this a second look now. You want to turn off my interest? Flip a switch that says premium. I, I you mm -hmm. know what they should do. And I want to clarify that I've given this zero thought. This is just something that popped into my head, and from my head, out my mouth it comes. Yep. <laughs> they should let people charge for the content they make mm -hmm. in the game. Like, what if Mario Maker so, levels be like, yo, you add $5 to your account, and then you know this level costs 10 cents. You know, sort of like just, uh, how Valve works it with Dota yeah. and mm -hmm. TF, like hats, mm -hmm. to make your own hat. Mm -hmm. What if Project Spark, someone wants to make some big elaborate uh, yeah. third-person you know, uh, exploration play? They want, they want to make the next Banjo-Kazooie? Let's charge people five bucks for it. Or how about they keep it all free and just charge me $60 for a disc and then I don't ever have to pay any more money again. Or that. Yeah. But then, okay, I'll tell you why or that. Is because you're going to get, you know, again, if economics work the way yeah. that it's supposed to, is you're going to get higher quality, better content. It's possible. Yeah, I, if I people are incentivized. I don't despise the system, particularly when it comes to, suddenly, for some reason, and maybe it's because I'm a giant hypocrite, when it's users creating the content they charge for, I'm suddenly yeah. not nearly as upset about it. Um, but I, I think that when it, when a developer's releasing something like, well, here's the game, and then here's the real game, and here's mm -hmm. the threshold of cost sure. between the two, yeah. that really bothers me. I, I have been, Super Mario Maker is my favorite thing in a long time. Yeah. Uh, what a lot if of it's because of someone could so sell, uh, you know, they made, they crafted an entire Mario game, you know, 8-1-1 one, one through 8-4, however many levels that is, um, you know, just, you get this pack of 40 really handcrafted Mario Maker levels that have reviews, people say that they really like it, and it's like, and then you pay the guy three bucks for it. I would not be immediately resistant to that idea. Mm -hmm. I, I would at least look at that. Yeah. Um, but they'd have to be, the thing is I'd need a way of knowing it was proctored and wonderful, and, yeah. and need so somebody then, to tell me why I should play for this. Like, just yeah. close the loop on this, where this is all coming from is in that let's, uh, that let's Microsoft give away Project Spark for free, but still make a little bit of money off the back of it by mm -hmm. you know earning Take a, a little a bit of money. Off, on, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, I, I think putting out a free-to-play game like this, especially when it's tools, the onus is sort of on the community to create the content for mm -hmm. everyone. 
And, and they're not motivated to. Yeah, that they're not motivated to do it. And I think with Project Spark, Project Spark's big problem wasn't that it was premium. It's just that no one really cared about Project Spark. I but think. I, but I'm not yeah. sure the communities aren't can be completely motivated. I mean, there's still a lot of. I look at something like Game Maker's community, for example, sure. and people do just create all kinds of wonderful free assets for those. And you can run out today to this day and grab them and mm. insert them into your games and use them. They're under different licenses, but yeah, no they're doubt. very generous. There are hundreds and hundreds of incredible Mario Maker levels and in other Game Maker tools on the PC that are completely free and just given away. The freeware game scene is alive and well. But the presumption is that if you give people the ability to make a little bit of money, that there will be a higher, you know, a larger breadth and higher quality of. of I like money. Yeah. So the biggest video game in the world is a game where you just build stuff, right? Minecraft. Minecraft. Uh, Mario Maker has obviously been a big phenomenon, but that has the Mario license. So I I just wonder, like, what 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 was it about Project Spark that didn't catch on? Because in the year that it's been launched, I don't. The only time I heard about it was when they announced Conquer yeah, was coming to it. Other than that, I, don't th- I don't never a, hear anybody talking about Project Spark. Was a Linkin Park music video made yeah, with it yeah, or yeah, something? Um, yeah, I think I, Conquer I, might have been the moment that destroyed it. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I, think, I think you're right. I think uh, the messaging was just... I mean, it's... I remember the reveal, and it was like... They were showing off the gameplay demo, and it was like real time. They were creating all these goblins yeah. that were rushing, and the fire was coming down from the sky. Yeah. Yeah, and they were like terra, like like terra sculpting this area. Mm-hmm. It was really, really interesting. And that's just sort of not really what that game was. Like, mm-hmm. it's not a game. It's a set of tools that you can use to make games. There was. I'll, I'll check it out now that it's free. I mean, I'll download it. I, yeah, I did. I, I spent uh, probably a good eight, ten hours on it one weekend, and. Mm. Uh, you know, I made some cool stuff, but majority of it was just very, very base level. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you really have to get invested. When, I think when, part of the sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. I think part of the problem with Project Spark and having not used it myself, but just you know, seeing YouTube videos and some other uh, critiques from other people was that to really get the most out of it and to make something that was really high quality and interesting required, you know, programming like lots of if then statements yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, how to get the things to move and behave the way that you want is maybe a little bit more complex and complicated than then people were prepared to, to mm. sort of figure out. It was more akin to PC tools in that regard, but I remember being a- intrigued by it originally, I mean, to the point that I thought about buying an Xbox to play with Project Spark, mm. but they just did not surface it well. I work in the games industry, and I worked in it at the period that this game was, was supposed to be being put in front of us, and I barely ever saw it pop up anywhere. Mm. I, I, I'm going to blame Microsoft for this one. All right, let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at ngn.com, just like Denison Montreal did. Hey, What's Dennis. up, Denison? Denison. He says, hey, hey gamescoop. Love the show. I was just wondering if there are any games from the previous console generation where you think a sequel might really benefit from the increased or new capabilities of this generation of consoles. I'm referring to something more than a simple graphics upgrade, but something that could improve the game itself. One that comes to mind for me is From Dust. By Ubisoft. Oh, yeah. Though the game wasn't perfect, I really enjoyed its terraforming gameplay, and I feel like the more powerful consoles could allow it to try bigger, more exciting things, and have more dynamic worlds. Yeah, uh, From Dust was a cool game. Yeah, it was uh, a cool game, and it would benefit from uh, would benefit uh, more extra, powerful technology would really help the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah so I think absolutely. That's a really good uh, example. Any, well, I, have, I have an answer, Damon. What is yeah. it, Justin? Um, it's from two generations back, but I desperately think we need a Phantom Dust sequel. And I'm going to track down the person responsible for canceling the Phantom <laughs> Dust reboot, and I'm going to kill them. Wow. <laughs> you heard it here first. 
And that's the sole reason that I work in the video game industry. Who is responsible? No, but I mean, this Phantom is Justin's momento moment. You know, you know that McCafferty is going to have that person in here like three weeks from now, and they're going to walk so, by your desk. Yeah. Was it two E3s ago that they announced yeah. the yeah. remake of Phantom Dust? Yeah, two or three. I mean, what, I, don't, I always and then they the years canceled it. blur together to me. Yeah. And they um, canceled it. And they canceled it. Um, supposedly it's coming back, but I don't believe it. Um, no, but I mean, that game would, yes, yeah, so that game would almost certainly be free to play and have a business model it's, similar. It's a card battle. Game, yeah, right? it's well. So it's a it's a game. It's a third person action battler where you have a deck of cards, and that deck of cards determines what your abilities are. Mm-hmm. Like so, you're running around these three D environments, fighting other people, casting spells and stuff based on the cards that you choose to put in your deck. Okay. Um, it was super super rad, super unique. So happy that someone you know saw its brilliance, decided to bring it back. And the reason it would work in 2015 is because people are so much more receptive to things like. Hearthstone mm-hmm. and you know collecting aspects and uh, and Star Wars trading Star Wars, cards. Yeah. Star Wars like, trading <laughs> cards. Would you like to tell the uh, audience more about it? No, no, I'm all right. We don't have time. No, we don't. We do not at all. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so that's why it's it's less about sort of the capabilities of the console, although you know the always online nature of these consoles yeah. um, helps. But uh, and it's more to do with just sort of accepted business practices that I think Phantom Dust would have really really uh, gone over swimmingly this time around. Mm. That's a great answer. Brandon, how about you? Is there anything that comes to mind? Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have one, but I was just thinking off the top of my head, like, we're going to get it. Like, I, I think Halo Wars last gen was amazing. Yeah, we are. And yeah. I, I think any sort of tactical or strategy game, which you don't get too many on consoles, mm-hmm. but I think anything like that can benefit from more horsepower. But in that same vein, uh, a game, and I think it was two generations ago, actually, it was the original Xbox, uh, a series called Kingdom Under Fire. Uh, mm-hmm. I think like Dynasty Warriors, but like set in a fantasy realm, like Lord of the Rings kind of thing. Mm. Um, and you had your your character that you just waded through just droves of enemies and just like it's like Sauron in the beginning of the Fellowship of the Ring, where he hits something and everything just goes flying yeah. off screen. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally that experience. Um, it was a great game, and you got to control your armies. You got to wade through and just wreak havoc. And I mean, obviously, more horsepower, you know, more effects, more mm-hmm. things on screen, more tactical strategy, stuff like that. I would love to see it. Supposedly they were making it, I think it was Fantagram. Mm. Uh, supposedly they were making a third one. It was going to come out for PS3 and be sort of this MMO model. Mm. And it just, I think it never, it just never surfaced. Mm. Okay. Um, supposedly it's still in development, but... Everywhere. Yeah. yeah, I love that idea of using the, the, the processing power not necessarily to make things prettier, but just to make more of them. That's what Earth Defense Force games live and die yeah. on. Mm-hmm. I love them for that, but... For me, I, it, that one's something that would benefit from the graphical capability and the processing power, uh, Red Dead. Uh, I, oh, want, yeah. I want Red Dead Redemption 2 on a next-gen console. I like to think about that game was kind of a marvel when it was released. Just like, wow, I didn't know you could do that with, yeah. with an Xbox. And then to, to, to come into the next generation and think how they could push that on, on next-generation hardware. Mm. I, those beautiful vistas and all mm. the things there were to do in that huge world. And yeah. horse physics. Yeah, horse physics. surely we'll get another... It's Red good, Dead game it's got at some to, point. Right? Although Red Dead Redemption was technically Red Dead, Red Dead Revolver too, right? Yeah. It I was, mean, it was a sequel to Red Dead Revolver. San Diego, Rockstar San Diego is working on something. Yeah. I mean, the right. game was too much of a phenomenon to not to not get a sequel. It's it's uh, along with Crackdown. That's my favorite GTA game. I also feel yeah. like Red Dead's esteem has grown over time. Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody it was a, it was a phenomenon when it launched too, but like it's showing up on like greatest of all time lists mm-hmm. now. You know, yeah. a few years. 
uh, with hindsight to look back on it. Um, Edge, for one, I think yeah. it was on their list. Came out, yeah. um, might potentially be on IGN's list. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Uh, so, so that definitely works in favor of that game receiving a sequel as well. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's so great. That's you true. just wander around and play poker for hours. If you didn't oh, the poker to... was well, not good in that game. Or shoot, no, or but, shoot but it will be next yeah. time around. Put nuns um, on the railroad tracks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The hunting. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And the cougar's jumping on your head while you're doing that. Mm-hmm. And then the whole Undead Nightmare expansion was, yeah, was great. Maybe best DLC ever. Yeah. yeah. Really, really good. I love Love it. I'm just going to go home and play Red Dead now. <laughs> yeah. You have an answer, Damon? Yeah, I had a, a few sprung to mind. Um, I would love to see it. It's been a few years and a generation since we've had a burnout game. Oh, yeah. Oh. And the, that car crash pornography would look so, so good. Yeah. Bring back crash mode. Crash physics. I know, yeah. Uh, it's just, burnout was so fun. Yeah, I mean, uh, with these new consoles, you could literally like just do the exploded view yeah. of, uh, of a yeah. car, just everything. Yeah, it's funny how you, do. you don't always know, like I played dozens and dozens of hours of Burnout 3 Crash Mode, just mm-hmm. trying to climb to the top of the leaderboard of every single intersection was like its own little puzzle to figure out. Yeah. And like, now that's another game that frequently shows up on like greatest of all time lists, yeah. but you didn't necessarily notice when you were in it. Like you just knew it was a great game, like it was really fun. But it was like, it's Burnout 3, like you don't expect it to turn out to be one of the all time classics once, like, you, have, once you have the, yeah. the benefit of time. Um, I have two more. I don't need to elaborate on them, but sure. I want to see another Crimson Skies. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Could nice. really benefit. Nice, nice. And uh, I want to see another Odama. <laughs> oh, Odama. that's awesome! <laughs> Such a good idea. I loved Odama. You, you have, like, Connect and PlayStation Eye now, and, like, uh-huh. voice controls and, like, motion controls are so much more common. Remind yeah. us all, Odama was a voice-controlled pinball game for with the Samurai. GameCube? Yeah, yeah it was, well, it was loosely pinball. So you, it was one of the very few accessories that used the GameCube microphone that snapped onto your GameCube controller. Mm-hmm. And then it was a pinball game in the sense that there was a ball bouncing around, but you could control armies on the pinball field yeah. by shouting into your microphone, saying, move up, move left, move right. And then they're sort of sh- moving this ball around. And it worked pretty well. Well, sort of. It was sort like of like screaming it was like a, control. Yeah. It was almost had more in common with like rugby than it did with pinball. The yeah. big ball looked metallic, but really it was more about the where ball you were moving face. that thing. Yeah, it was a deeply, deeply strange game. Not really very good. <laughs> I liked it a lot. But, um, Jared likes it. But I played quite a bit of it until... Um, I just got shamed. My I just couldn't play anytime my wife was around because yeah. I'm just shouting. Yeah. I'm, just, yeah. I'm shouting into my GameCube controller. Now you, have a, now you have a little baby. Now I have a little baby and I just shout at her. Instead. Anything about a Wii U controller? <laughs> <We're fired. laughs> yeah. uh, two more. Rainbow Six Vegas. Yeah. Oh, nice. The game that was like that was the, the first game I got with my Xbox 360, and I scanned my Imagine face. Imagine how good that face technology in the game, is and now. my face was Ooh. like, yeah. <laughs> like so. I played through the whole game with this crazy what, looking what's, face. What's the new series that does? Is it NBA Live? Yeah, yeah. That does yeah it? They do that too. Yeah. Does, does it turn out very good? I, I remember like the video coming I, out and it showed yeah. these horrible like sloth from the Goonie like yeah. creations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was it Live or 2K? One of the NBA yeah, games. Yeah, one of the yeah, NBA, one games, of the NBA yeah. games. Um, and of course, Shadow Complex. Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. Okay. We tragically gracious. never got a sequel to. Yeah. We know it is just chair, chair, chair like Rockstar San Diego. Chair's been working on something for like, like ever for like two years. Yeah. yeah. All right, moving on. Next email is from Michael. Hey, Michael. Michael from Montreal wants to know. Michael's in Montreal. Is he actually from Montreal? I have no, no. idea. No. Last one was from Dennis. Was from Montreal. So Michael, that's what they call a callback. Yeah. Michael is he's not from anywhere. He's. <laughs> Just he's, a wanderer. He's a mysterious drifter. Yeah. He's a citizen of the world with a shady been dead past. For ten years, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weekend at Bernie's with Michael. 
<laughs> he's just sending emails to GameScoop with his arms around strings. Uh, we have fun. So Michael says, so Game Freak released some statement releasing recently about future Pokemon plans, mm-hmm. something about a better cloud service. And naturally, in the comments section, a lot of people were posting about how Game Freak and Nintendo would make a ton of money if a giant HD Pokemon game was made on Wii U mm-hmm. or the upcoming oh. NX. A lot of people mentioned how they wanted to have all the current Pokemon worlds in it. I, however, think a lot of people are being unrealistic. Mm. People on the internet (laughs) being unrealistic? You don't say. Why the franchise has done so well is arguably because it is handheld. It's one of those pick-up-and-play kind of games. I think a lot less people would get it if we were on a home console. Pokemon Snap begs to differ, son. So we're already looking at less of a profit, even if the price of an HD game is one and a half that of a 3DS game. Now add in the high standard people have for graphics, Nowadays on consoles, that would end up having to put a much higher budget behind the game. So we're looking at a Pokemon game that'll cost way more to make and have less of an audience. That just doesn't make sense. Add in the wish people have of a giant Pokemon world with all the current countries in it, we're looking at a major flop. I may just be a pessimist, but what do you guys think? Did I kind of hit it on the head? Is there a chance this could be successful? He makes a lot of good points. I think Michael's, you're absolutely right. Michael. And there's nothing more we need to say. You nailed it. You nailed it. Right on the head. So I'm so we would agree that not even. Pokemon HD MMO would save the Wii U? Well, even if it could, I think there's absolutely a place for a Pokemon HD MMO on a home console. I think you can make that work. I don't think the Wii U is the place because I think the moment they said the words NX and dedicated gaming platform, the Wii U was dead. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's it's got a great game on it I'm playing right now. But yeah. third pillar, uh, yeah, it, I've heard that before. Yeah, I mean, Nintendo, uh, Nintendo was between a rock and a hard place, right? Like, Wii U wasn't selling, they needed to do something, uh, and they effectively killed their own console by announcing plans for the next one. Um, I mean, everybody that owns a Wii U will probably buy an HD Pokemon on it. Uh, I don't think it'll save the console, though. Nope, me neither. If it's a launch game for the NX, a mm-hmm. pr- proper HD Pokemon, full Pokemon game, not a spin-off, not anything like the next Pokemon is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's totally a system seller. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. I'd buy a console to play a Pokemon MMO. Uh, that would be amazing. I don't, I don't even particularly like I, I Pokemon, wanna, I but play, the idea of a Pokemon. He didn't say MMO. You I know, I just want it. I, oh. I, yeah, but I said MMO. Oh, you did say yeah, it. Yeah, he said it, and, and I more importantly, I, I want it. I, mean, I want surely, that game. Surely, surely if it... Pokemon did come to consoles. Um, it should be an MMO, right? Yeah, it's just just I mean, the temptation, right? the temptation to charge for Master Balls and all the rest oh of it. And up your drop the rate. The microtransactions uh, practically write themselves. Totally, totally do. A rare candy is only four dollars. Upgrade the size of your the, the number of Pokemon you can store yeah, in storage, yeah. or like stable to yeah. manipulate breeding, like get the get the breeding, get the stats that you want. Now, if they do that, I'm not going to buy it, though. I mean, they, they do that, I'm, I lose but interest. Jared, Money. The money, Jared. Yeah. I this think Prince of the money. money. This <laughs> Prince money for Nintendo. I, I I get all of that, which is why I don't make video games for a living, I guess. Uh, so, but I don't want it if it's that. Uh, but I do want to buy it as a consumer, purely yeah, as a if consumer. They make, if, I want it if I get it on a console and it's a game. I, if Game I Freak and Nintendo want to make money, they will put a proper Pokemon game on your mobile phone. That's what they'll do. They won't put it on a HD home yeah. console. That's, that's a, a better point. I mean, the install base is what? enormous. Like a million X. If the next generation, like real Pokemon game, not some BS Pokemon game, but the next real thing is on (laughs) iPhone and Android, they would make (laughs) so much money. (laughs) And I would cry. Cry so much. And they would. You play Dragon Dragon Quest V on your phone. Yeah, but I bought it. I I don't think that they would. What if they did? What if they did? What if the phone, what if you can just buy it on your phone? But talking about. Yeah, if I could buy buy it on my phone for. for, You know, I'd pay 40 bucks. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think that. 
I could be very wrong about this. Nintendo does things their own way, so that they aren't as beholden to to mm -hmm. uh, investors as some of the smaller companies that produce cell phone games that have to rely on microtransactions. No, if it's a if it's a straight game, yes, I buy it tomorrow. Yeah. Do you think Nintendo can make a forty dollar Pokemon game for a handheld for, I, for a, a mobile? I think if anybody in the world can, they can. I don't know because nobody's tried in so long and put a serious effort behind it that I don't think we know if it's possible or not. Oh, that's not true. So, so well, who, who else put a real effort, a marketing effort behind an expensive? Cell phone game. Uh, game of War. Uh, no, that's, <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's a microtransaction. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, I'm talking about like actually a company puts marketing muscle behind. An well, you didn't say cell marketing phone. muscle. I'm just saying like there are like I think XCOM is 20 sure. bucks, and you um, know there are proper yeah. games, but on ports, right? Like that's true. I don't know that yeah. there's been a lot of original. Oh, man, what was, no, you're absolutely right about GTA that. And I don't. I don't want to. Don't want to come down as disputing you. And I buy those games occasionally. I bought Dragon Quest V on my phone. I bought. You know, we can get out. I love them. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, what was that series with the the, the knight? Chaos the, Rings. No, oh, there's Infinity oh, Blade. Infinity Blade. Infinity Blade. Yeah. And this Chaos Rings is a good example from. Okay, Square that's Enix. a good one. You're right. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Square Enix does a lot of like oh, a lot of porting their Final Fantasy stuff, but um, they do a lot of stuff on mobile that's actually very decent, like good size, yep. chunk size games. But getting back to Michael's question, real quick before we close out, circling back, you said if a new HD Pokemon came out for a console, you would buy a console for it. Yeah. Does that ring true? Does that still ring true for the Wii U? If the Wii U is that console? Well, I've already got one now, so it's right for me to answer the question. I bought my Wii U to play Super Mario Maker. One mm -hmm. title can certainly drive me out to buy buy a, a, a console. But knowing now that that Nintendo's next console is, I mean, no, I why I want to play not if it's because it's going to be on NX as well at that point. Like yeah. the, there's I, unless they come out and overtly say, by the way, this game will never come out on NX. <laughs> Last no, chance to get your Wii U. <laughs> yeah, yeah that would be such a mess. That would be a real messed up move. Yeah. No, you're expecting a Twilight Princess situation then, where it's on both both mm -hmm. consoles. Our last email this week comes from Tom in DC. Hey, Tom. Not he much says, Tom in DC is a weird name. Tom in <laughs> Game of Thrones. I yeah. love the work you all do. The show is one of my weekly highlights. Oh, oh thanks, Tom. As a longtime um, listener, there seems to be two things that are regularly mentioned on the show. The first is that modern AAA video games are extremely complicated and costly to make. That's the second is Star Wars trading cards. Usually involves some discussion of the sometimes poor value in downloadable content packages for games or season passes. I make both those points. As these two are, recent father. These two are clearly linked as game developers and publishers need to make their investment back through downloadable content given the price the games retail for. Mm -hmm. What would your thoughts be on increasing the price of AAA games? As someone who has spent a lot of time gaming over the years, the price of $60 is, is only the latest price the industry has settled on. Personally, I would prefer just paying 70 or so for a game and know that there will be no extra charges. I would pay more for video games right now. I don't know what the analysts would say about how that would affect your purchasing, but I have hoped for more expensive games for a while. You're, you're so, hoping for more yes, expensive games. Yes, I really wish the price of games would go up. So there's a, there's Explain a, your reasoning, though. Uh, simply because I hate buying back-end stuff, okay. and I'd like to see them make more money on the front at the beginning, be able to actually fund... You know, the price of making games is going up, and the price of buying games isn't that there's there's a breaking point there that's, that's already kind of been hit. An extra ten bucks doesn't guarantee that there will be no backend stuff. Like if if everyone came out and was like, all right, we'll all charge seventy for our game, but mm -hmm. we guarantee there will be no DLC, no season passes, no extra content after the fact. I, I don't think there's a, that world exists. No, I think you're right about that. I, I think I think that simply they don't have to re, they don't have to sit there and say we absolutely have to have this mm -hmm. to make it in the business plan. They come out and say we're going to have. A significantly larger chunk of revenue at the beginning, which means we can actually afford to make this thing. You look at what happened with, you know, at this point, Metal Gear Solid Five is, is selling really well, mm -hmm. but has it made its money back yet? Uh, you know, 
It's one of the best games I've played in years, but I'm wondering if it's going to end up doing fi significant financial damage to the company that produced it. And we're hearing that narrative over and over and over. And yes, I do understand people have less expendable income than they've had in this country in a very long time. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, Games are proportionally cheaper on inflation, but we also have less money to spend on frivolous things than we did a decade ago. So it's really hard to say exactly what that tipping point is, but I think that it's pretty clear across the board, just looking at the people we encounter in this industry who make games, yeah, they need more money. Yeah. Well, the, uh, there's a concept in video game accounting and other fields uh, of ARPU, revenue per user. Mm -hmm. um, so when games were $60 and you couldn't sell anybody anything afterwards, your revenue per user was $60. Mm -hmm. If you sold a million units, you made $60 bucks. Now, thanks to DLC and other things like that, your revenue per user can climb or shrink based on if, if you know half of your buyers buy a $30 DLC pack, your revenue per user has gone from $60 to $75. Right. So that's what all the DLC and costume packs and whole myriad options available to you are all about, mm. is how to bump up that ARPU number without ever adjusting the actual $60 price of mm -hmm. the game. Um, and that's why you also see, like, costume packs are stupid. They're dumb. They're just, they're just dumb. But a certain, like, let's say they cost you nothing to make, yeah. and let's say 1% of your audience will spend that $5 that bumps up your revenue per user by what's that 50 cents yeah. you know and that's what it's all about is is getting that ARPU number as high as you can but there's also another interesting metric called ROI ROI return on investment and i think you're 100% right true. i think you're 100% right like DLC is a very lucrative uh, it's gotta return it's going to be cheaper to make than yeah. that third you already have the structure Charging you already have everything built you're basically just adding more content in mm -hmm. the same thing that you've already created with your yeah. your original effort so I don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's not necessarily always predatory, but I don't think that there's a world where DLC doesn't exist because it is just so easy. Oh, no, you can't put the genie back in a bottle, absolutely yeah. not. And yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think it necess should necessarily have to. I've been buying expansion packs for PC games my yeah. whole life. I just would like to see the front end increase so that I could be sure that I was going to get another generation of games. But I don't know if I'm making the best argument here, though, so maybe I should shut up. <laughs> No, I think you're right. I mean, video games are a luxury item. And, and I mean, the, the better argument is just that games have been, uh, not to say that your argument was poor. In my opinion, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a, another argument towards raising the price of games is just that uh, games have been $60 for a long, yeah. long time. Like, and $60 isn't the same now as it was, mm -hmm. uh, you know, over 10 years ago when, we, when that price became the yeah. standard. We went from 50 to 60 and there was some belly aching, but, you know, everyone pretty much got on board. They're like, yeah, you know, games are big and complicated, so 60 yeah. seems fine. When did the price... The 360 generation. Video games standardized because, whereas we were talking earlier, ah. back in the NES days, there, the, mm -hmm. the price of games were just all over the place. Well, it was some were 30, yeah, some were 50. It, yeah, I was looking at a, in preparation for this, I was looking at a 1988 uh, Sears Wishbook catalog for Christmas, looking at NES games. And prices ranged from $30 in that book to up to about $45 in that particular issue right. for mm -hmm. NES cartridges. So you had a, that's a, you know, that is a, a 50% increase from the bottom to the top. Now, some of that was the age of the cartridge. Some of it was the manufacturer. Some mm -hmm. of it was, uh, it, there were all kinds of things factoring in. But, like, I could run out that year in 88 and buy Punch-Out for 35 bucks or Metroid for 35 bucks, Or I could buy Kid Nicky Radical Ninja for 45 Yeah. Or, or Bases Loaded. And that's a big 
I mean, yeah. it was often it would literally cost them more money to manufacture the bigger carts. So then, uh, when we bigger in storage space, two discs, they all cost the same to manufacture, mm -hmm. and we were able to standardize price. Right. So the, 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 the game development something. The game development cost still varied, but not yeah. the cost to actually press the disc. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's why, like, I think I paid uh, eighty-five or ninety dollars for Mortal Kombat trilogy on the N sixty-four. Yeah. yeah. Some of those oh. cards were expensive. Beyond Oasis was an expensive card. Resident Evil Two on the N sixty-four yeah. cost a fortune. Oh, wow. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I remember buying that too. <laughs> Should play that on PlayStation. It's probably time. I mean, if for no other reason than just to catch up with inflation, games should probably be seventy yeah. bucks. Yeah. It's just having that front end guaranteed income. I, I really am worried about the sustainability of, of producing the, the art assets alone. Mm -hmm. But I think the reason the, I really strongly believe that the only reason we haven't seen um, the price of games climb to seventy dollars is because the the revenue per user is already over seventy dollars thanks to things like DLC. So, I absolutely agree with you. I, so, I think it's so the game is. manufacturers aren't really. Pressing the issue, yeah, they're like, yeah. well, you know, we've already gotten to this point that we kind of needed to get to anyway to, to yeah. sustain. Well, they're worried about undercutting their market. I mean, anytime you raise prices, you are going to mm -hmm. most likely decrease the number of people purchasing. Yeah, and I mean, if they already have an, like an alternative revenue stream as far as DLC and all that, I'm just not sure they're making enough for what they're spending. Mm -hmm. it, it seems to be too ten. You know, if I'm an investor right now and I look at a game studio that I can yeah, build it's a terrible business, I can build a hundred million dollar game. I invest a hundred million and I'm going to make. You know, I'm fairly certain I'm going to make some money on that as long as it doesn't go over budget mm -hmm. and nothing goes terribly wrong. Or I can take that same $100 million and pay a bunch of iPhone developers $20,000 each to create hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games, one of which I'm pretty sure will be a hit, Yeah. and I know I'll make my money back. Which one am I going to spend my money on? The iPhone anyway. games. <laughs> as, a, as a horrible, evil businessman, yes. Yeah. yeah. All right, Tom in DC also has our video game 20 questions suggestion this week. Uh, Ooh. And it is about that time. Gentlemen, start your engine. <laughs> Did this game come out before January 1st, 2000? Yes. All right. We go, we go down the line. Okay. Uh, is this, did this game come out on disc or cartridge? Has it be yes or no question? Oh. Did this game come out on disc? No. Okay, so we're going back further. Um, this game came out before January 1st, 1990. No. Yeah, so 90s game on a cart. Okay. Is this, is this a multi-platform <laughs> game? It was when it was no. originally released. No. Okay. There's also the possibility it's arcade, but that's unlikely. Um, Not a multi-platform. So we're talking a cart game in the 90s. Yeah, that's a lot of games. That's a lot of games. Maybe by system. <laughs> no, but it's fewer than it would yeah. have been. Yeah. Is this game a platformer? No. Uh, is this game associated with Nintendo consoles? No. Okay. Okay. It almost certainly Sega. Uh, it's almost certainly Sega, but I do want to burn a question to ask. Go is this it. associated with Sega platforms? Yes. Here we go. You want Vector Man. Man. You want to <laughs> <laughs> Start by maybe genre or manufacturer, or genre or developer. I mean, I, I think we all know it's Altered Beast, but <laughs> yeah. uh, is this Space. that was eighty? Actually, that was eighty nine. Was <laughs> damn it, Jared. Uh, is this? You want to start going by genres now? Uh, I don't know. This will, this is a few go-to questions we have. We yeah. like to ask if the developer is still in business. I don't know how I much mean, that would help yeah. us in this instance. Uh, if it was made more, well, like, we, yeah. we should probably ask if it's first party. Oh, it's an actual Sega game. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. Is this a first party Sega game? Uh, published 
by Sega. Published by Sega. Um, let's see. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> uh, well, that party? means that somebody else... Div- yeah. Well, I, I mean, I know what right. published means, but like, I don't know what in the context okay. of like There's a lot of things 90s Genesis. I'm scared to death now that it is Altered Beast. Um, is <laughs> Just this ask game- if it's a beat-em-up. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, ask genre's it- not a bad one. He's a platformer. Um, is this game a beat-em-up? I don't think that's uh, how you would classify it. Yeah. Did this game Did this game appear in arcades? Okay. It's only that so was it's a better question. Yeah, I should ask because for Sega especially. That's Jeez. ten. Great question, Justin. Thank uh-huh. you. Halfway there. Right, we gotta start being real. Okay, so we're stingy. We're no, stingy no, with our questions. We're doing a great job. Are we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sega game. Sega game. Nineties. Published by Sega. On a no, cartridge. Not a beat 'em up. Not a platformer. On a cartridge. So that not, game, published by Sega. Yeah. So Game Gear or uh, Genesis or. Oh, I didn't even think about Game Gear. Yeah, um, but that does eliminate that eliminates Sonic the Hedgehog, all of those, mm-hmm. all those platforms. NFL Quarterback Club '94. Mm-hmm. Well, Sega just makes a lot of games. That's what I'm scared of. Yeah, especially back in the '90s. Okay, maybe we should <laughs> ask him about the protagonist. If it's human, if it's something like that. Sure. Um, you know. a hu- is it a humanoid hedgehog? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not a hedgehog. No, I know. It's Europe. Um, I. Real nervous. Okay. Um, is I'll it, go and we'll go back around. Is okay. it? Oh, you want to ask about the protagonist? Yeah, is, is it a humanoid protagonist? Humanoid. Is it no, ask, human no, protagonist. ask if you play as a human. Is it, are you playing as a human? No. Okay. So it, okay. Do you play as a robot? No. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not a human. Not a robot. Okay. Is I'm it, sorry. I let us down with that one. It's all right. Is it a licensed game? No. Oh, that's, that's a, a good question. question. Um, do you play as an animal? Yes. Damn. Okay. With yes, with the question mark. <laughs> is, it, is it Rystar? <laughs> is he Don't an animal? Know. I mean, stretch stretch your interpretation of the word animal <laughs> to its limits. Yeah. All right. <laughs> is it like? Does that mean mythical? Yeah. What the wow, hell is, yeah. yeah do you play as like some sort of like a unicorn, like a dragon, or star of some kind? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, okay, so it's like, goodness gracious. Did Sega publish Rystar? I don't think they did. Um, I I don't know about it. Um, I don't think they published Rystar. Okay, it's not a beat-em-up, it's not a platformer. Um, What other genres are there? Oh, there's shooters. On Sega, shooters were huge. There's shoot-em-ups, like shmups, there's sports games. What shmups was there? What shmups were you play a sort of animal? Wait, what sort of animal? No, I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking. Do 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 you shoot things in this game? You do a lot of shooting in this game. I don't. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna count that one because I don't know if they're shooting in this game. But I can tell you, it's not like a, it's not known for shooting things. Not known Are you for shooting. Account yeah, that for shooting. No, we got a free question. Out of that. Woo! Nicely done. Got a free question. Look at that. Okay. Uh, ooh, Twenty-one. There may be shooting in the game, but that's not the primary <laughs> mechanic. Is it? Is it an RPG? No. <laughs> don't count that. Yeah, <laughs> that Fantasy Star games are a lot. I didn't even think about yeah. Fantasy I was, I was Star. I'm running Star. out of. That's I can't 15. Even, what games did Sega even? I'm like out of Sega games. Oh, they published a lot of games. Um, think about everything on Sonic's Ultimate Genesis collection. Almost all of those were published by them. Um, okay. Uh, so, you know, Comic Zone, Streets of Rage. Uh, yeah, but it's not a beat em up. Uh, Ultra Beast. That's what I'm saying. We eliminated beat em ups and platforms, right. and I'm like, that's. Maybe, a, maybe fighting games? Yeah, Sega did make fighting games. That's Eternal great. Champions? Yeah. Do you okay? Yeah. So do you play as multiple people? Can you play as multiple people? Yes. Uh oh. Multiple primal, primal rage? people. Is primal in, rage. Is that, is that what you just said? I think it's primal rage. It's but, totally but fucking primal rage. Did they publish that? I think so. I have no idea. 
Okay, it's not a Sega game, so if they, but they might have published it. Do, should we ask if it's a fighting game? Because that was published on the Genesis and the 32X. Also, uh, Dinosaur? Yeah, just ask, it, ask if it has dinosaurs in it. Does it have dinosaurs in it? I don't think so. Shit! Oh, no, no, we're losing! <laughs> I thought we had you! Oh, yeah. Has anyone ever lost? Is it a fighting yeah. game? Yeah. No. Oh, what are we That's doing? 18, by the way. All right. <laughs> Two okay. questions left. What are we missing here? I thought for sure it was like a. But wait, he did say you play as multiple characters. Yeah, multiple yeah. characters. That's a big hint. Lost, Lost Vikings, did they publish that? Maybe. Uh, uh, that was like, who did that? That was. I mean. I mean, that's a Blizzard game, right? But, but the, they would have had a, they would have had a publisher. But it's also nowhere near an animal. Although Vikings are kind of <laughs> no, those are people, those are humans. Yeah, uh, we're in trouble here, guys. Yeah, we're, we're, we're really we're really in trouble here. Uh, are we? They, I don't want this to count as a question. Are we? <laughs> are we screwing up? Yeah, we're screwing up yeah, real bad. Yeah. Up real bad. Yeah. Oh man, it's like bejeweled. You guys are missing a key the major Sega games. Okay, wow. think, think of a major Sega brand. Sonic. I can't think of any. <laughs> Sonic the okay, Hedgehog. All the arcade games. Oh, I can think of Spectre Man. I'm thinking of all the arcade games and Sonic. Uh, I'm thinking about, uh, oh, well, there's Golden Axe, which you're playing people. Let's yeah, but that's a beat-em-up. There's a beat-em-up. Um, and it didn't appear in arcades. It's not on a disc. It's none of the Saturn stuff. It's not on um, Oh, goodness gracious. Alex Kidd. <laughs> it's not a fighting Calibri. game. It's not a platform. Um, not licensed at all. Sega. What other games? So it's not seven up the game. There's so many games published by Sega, and I'm going to feel so stupid. All right, let's bring it home. Oh, man. Bring, bring this is so bad. All right. Um, David, what's your perfect Sunday? Uh, <laughs> we're going to feel so silly when this gets Let's in. just burn them. Let's um, burn it all to the ground. Oh, wait. Oh, no, wait. No, the Buster Brothers are human. Um, <laughs> it's not going to be Buster Brothers. <laughs> what's, amazing. what's like Sega's <laughs> number Sega two thing anyway. after Sonic? There's so many Sega franchises. That's the problem. Just we go, go through them real way. quick. Um, okay. Well, the ones you can think of. Got it. Okay, so Golden Axe, there's Sonic, there's... Like a major oh, brand. I know, I'm just trying here, I'm panicking! I believe in you. Ah, Sigurd Ocean Chino, yeah, help no. me! Yeah, I don't know, I, gotta, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I can't uh, think of anything. I was even a Genesis kid growing up. Yeah, yeah so was I. Bring it home. I'm bring, trying to bring it home, but it's not working. Um, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? I mean, if, Jer if Jared Petty can't carry us No, back, I'm just failing. I, I don't know. I'm choking. Last two questions. All right, last two questions. Yeah, this is going really long, and I'm late for a meeting. Um, I'm out. You don't even have any more questions. Is this a your, puzzle game? No. Does okay. your character wear a hat? <laughs> oh, what? Are Actually, you doing? yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the last question. I said <laughs> that was the one piece oh, of God, information. I said Buster Brothers, but I meant Bonsai Brothers. Sorry. It's right. Bomberman. <laughs> no, he's Hudson. Uh, that's twenty questions. Yeah. What was it, Dan? If I told you it's a funky game. Oh. oh, Toe Jam and Earl. Earl. Toe Jam and Earl. Damn it. I don't know what genre I'd put that in. Action. And I'm sorry, I think just action game. Rogue, game. Rogue like? Yeah, roguelike action game. Yeah. I feel really I feel, Yeah, I feel really dumb. But when you said Major Sega, it actually threw me off because that trilogy, really, the first game I mean, was the one I remember. Yeah, there were like three of them. Yeah. Made. The third one was like weirdly racist, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I think it was. We should have asked it. Is it going to be racist? <laughs> 1991. Should ask that hat question. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's. I didn't realize. Actually, here's where I'm feeling like it really. Did, I didn't realize Sega published Cho Jam and Roll. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. was But do you know who developed it? No. Johnson Vorsinger Productions. Oh. <laughs> I did not know Sega. Oh, JVP. Didn't know who made it. I'm not sure well. what it got there. I wouldn't nice have. Try. I, I no, like the I game and either. I played it, but I did. I've never thought of it as a Sega game. It's been a long time since. Yeah, we failed. StarCraft 64 was maybe the last one that wow, I didn't get to. Oh, well, I'm Starcraft sorry we let you 64. down, America, and the world. <laughs> it's okay. That's from Tom in D.C. 
Sorry, DC. Tom and, Sorry, Montreal. Tom, Don't write Tom, it again. Tom and DC. Sorry, Michael and Montreal, or whatever your name is. I, I feel know. real bad. Yeah. I feel like Don't we feel let bad. everyone down. Don't feel bad. Oh, told you I was That's kind of a week. Yeah. Well, yeah. not next week, because I'm going to go get married now. Yay! Hey, uh, congratulations. Yeah, it's true. I'm, if, a lot of you viewers and listeners follow me on social media. You probably know my wedding has been coming up, and now it's here. Now it's here. This weekend. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. We're super stoked. So the wife and I, next week, are going to be Ooh. taking a few days off. Ooh. So Ooh. no GameScoop next week. Taking next week off. But uh, I do want to take this opportunity to just thank all of our viewers and listeners for tuning into the show every week. You are the entire reason that this is one of the longest running and I like to think best video game shows in the world. So really, really appreciate all the support you guys have given over the years. So you're all invited. Nope. <laughs> Open bar. No, nope. so. not all invited. Uh, I will see you there though. That's true. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Jared. Thank you. My name is Damon. This is IGN Games. the name Mary Queen of Scots and maybe you know the importance of her legacy to the British monarchy but how much do you know about her life and what she was really like for instance did you know that she preferred to have her eggs scrambled or that giving gifts was her love language in my podcast vulgar history we'll be talking about all that and more during an eight-part mini-series about the fascinating life of Mary Queen of Scots Vulgar History is a feminist women's history comedy podcast where we don't shy away from the messy complicated lives of women from the olden times Particularly with women in history, it's easier to use broad strokes to portray who they were. And it's like we forget they probably also had messy lives, complicated relationships, and maybe things weren't as black and white as they might seem in a textbook. But I'm dedicated to sharing the sides of the stories we don't always hear, and each episode is supported by rigorous historical research. Turns out there's really something about Mary Queen of Scots. So be sure to turn into my series about Mary Queen of Scots and check out the other incredible women I've talked about while you're there. You can listen and subscribe to Vulgar History wherever you get your podcasts and learn more at vulgarhistory.com.